Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. The following podcast comes from a live stream I did recently. Many of you have requested that I make my live streams available as audio so you can listen to them on the go. So I am now republishing some of my most popular live streams as podcasts to make that possible. I share a boatload of valuable tips, tools, methods, and processes on my live streams, and I want to make sure that you don't miss a thing. Now, you may hear me make references to slide visuals, which you obviously can't see on a podcast, or to live stream viewers' comments and questions, but that just comes with the territory and generally won't detract from the value of the content, I assure you. And as always, if you like this episode, please take a moment to provide a star rating or review on your favorite podcast listening platform, or better yet, share the episode on social or with a friend or a colleague. And with that, let's jump into the episode. All right. So let's talk about building authority. I want to tell you just very quickly, and some of you guys who have been following me for a while, you know all this, so I'm going to kind of buzz through it. And I'm sorry to bore you because you've seen it already. But for anyone who is here who hasn't followed me for a long time or know much about my background, I'll just give you a quick kind of like 30,000 foot view of it because it's actually germane to what I'm going to be talking about today. And so I've had a 20 plus year, let's be charitable, 20 plus year career, both on the global agency side, as well as the global corporation side. I've been a VP of design at Old Navy, VP of design at PepsiCo an executive creative director at Landor Associates. And then I've also been running my own agency consultancy for over seven years now. And so that's kind of my work history. And I've been building my own personal brand for about that last seven or eight years. And I've worked with huge clients, probably half of the Fortune 100 I've had as clients. And I've also worked with small clients. So I now work with small to medium-sized businesses and entrepreneurs in my consultancy because that's who I want to work with. I've worked with the big wigs. I'm tired of the whole fortune, big, gigantic corporation thing. And now I help startups and entrepreneurs move their businesses forward faster. And other piece of my business and what I do and what I'm passionate about almost more than anything else is helping creative professionals like you guys have great careers, survive, thrive, grow you know, bulletproof your businesses. That's like my DNA. That's what I care more about than anything else. And also why I'm sharing some of this stuff with you today. I'm on YouTube. I've obviously built a presence on YouTube. 275,000 subscribers at last count, over 465 videos, almost 10 million views, 8 million, I think at this point. So done a lot of YouTube. And I also have a podcast. I also have a free Facebook group. I have Instagram, LinkedIn. I publish a newsletter called Brand Muse to my email list, which now is about 14,000 people, I guess. And I have about 5,000 LinkedIn subscribers who subscribe to my newsletter on LinkedIn. So put out a whole bunch of content. And my LinkedIn profile as well. So got about 10,000 followers there, over 3,000 connections. And have posted probably more than 4,000 times, I think, at last count on LinkedIn. So I've done a whole lot of content. I've built a bit of authority for myself. And my authority comes from 
my work history, you know, so working with those big clients, working with those small clients, helping creative professionals through coaching and courses and mastermind groups. And a lot of it comes from my works, but it also comes from how I have made myself visible and how I have shared that value with the world. And so I wanted to lay that kind of groundwork in terms of where I've come from and what I've done, because is establishing the credibility that I have for actually talking about this stuff with you. So there are four major pillars. I kind of tried to break this down to something really kind of basic, but then I've segmented into a whole bunch of stuff. The first thing you really have to establish is credibility. And the definition of credibility is creating the quality of inspiring belief. So inspiring belief in you. And this is belief that you have the answer and that you can help whoever it is that you're helping. The next kind of pillar up is visibility. And visibility is about being seen, establishing and making it possible for yourself to be found and to be seen. This has to do with platforms. It has to do with your website, social, email, et cetera. And it also, the visibility is about being recognized. So that's the brand design part of it. So that's how you show up visually, your color palette, your logo, the style and layout of your posts, what kind of posts and content you post. I'm going to get into that a little deeper too. And then value is the real kahuna, right? Which is delivering value and delivering those solutions when and where it counts to those people so it can transform their lives. And authority is then built. The final pillar is authority, where authority is defined by the power to influence or command thought, opinion, or behavior. And the thought, opinion, and behavior are really critical especially when it comes to behavior, because behavior is where it takes authority and it moves it into action, where you take your authority that you've built and it moves it into people actually taking an action, contacting you, becoming a client of yours, buying from you. And the thing that we have to notice is that the word authority contains the word author. So it's to a certain extent building authority through authorship and through creating transformations for people through thought leadership, through influencing people's opinions, and as I said, through changing their behaviors. So that's kind of the overarching pillars that we're going to go through. And then there's kind of a few topics within each of these pillars that I'm going to be talking about. Let's talk about credibility first. So the first thing you have to know when you're building credibility is you have to know your why and your what. And there's a couple different whys and whats, right? So overarchingly, what we're talking about here is really basic brand positioning. So and if any of you who know anything about brand strategy, the kind of core aspects of brand positioning are who are you, what do you offer, who do you offer it to, why you're better, why you're different. There's five things, who you are, what you offer, who you offer it to, why you're better, why you're different. So you want to kind of lay out and think about those things for yourself. And then kind of backing up from that, you have to say, okay, why do I want authority? Why do I want to establish authority? What is it? What is my motivation for building authority? And so it could be what maybe drew you here today, which was in the title of the live, which is getting more clients. Are you building authority so you can get more clients? Are you building authority so you can build a broader network of 
colleagues and strategic partners in your business? Are you building authority because you want sales? You want to sell a book or a course or you know, you're selling physical products? Do you want to build authority so you can speak, so you can be invited to be on podcasts, so you can be invited to speak in webinars or seminars or on stage at conferences? Why is it? I want to back up a little bit and say, what is my motivation for wanting to authority? Because here's the thing, what your motivation is and the sort of results from your authority that you want to get is what's going to drive all of your behavior in how you get that authority. So I want to reiterate that. Your motivation, what you want to get out of your authority, drives what you do to build that authority. Then the other what is, what do you have to offer? So what is it that you're bringing? Are you bringing a design deliverable? Are you bringing an intellectual deliverable like consulting or something like that? A service, a product? And as you think about that what, that value that you're delivering, you want to think about it on two different levels. You want to think on the functional level. So what does the thing actually do for people? Then you also want to think about it on the emotional level. So what is the emotional benefit that people are getting from it? So for an example, say you were developing a LinkedIn course. The functional benefit of developing a LinkedIn course, let's say you have a LinkedIn course on LinkedIn. So you deliver the LinkedIn course and people get better at using LinkedIn. That's the functional benefit. But the emotional benefit of that is that they may feel more confident about their career. They may feel more comfortable that they are in command of their LinkedIn activity. So when you think of the what you're delivering, don't just think of it, I'm delivering design. You got to think about the emotional as well as the functional benefit of what you're delivering. So, and then the other part of it in credibility is why should people believe you can do what you say you can do? And to a certain extent, that's why I laid out that little bit of credibility building about myself at the very beginning of this, because I was establishing a groundwork with you here today that I can talk about building authority because I've built the level of authority for myself. And I've helped a whole lot of businesses and individuals who I coach through consulting to build levels of authority for themselves as well. And so you want to think about what are my credentials? What is the credibility that I have that's going to tell people through case studies what, is the, what are the reasons to believe in me? What are the reasons to believe that you can deliver what you say you can deliver? That's the other kind of piece of why. So that's what we just talked about. Know your why and your what. And of course, as usual, I'm just about a slide behind on my presentation. And so the next part of credibility that I want to talk about is knowing your who. Who is the audience you want? What is their age, gender, profession, income, geographic location, lifestyle? Who are they, like demographically? Then you want to think about what's their problem? What is the thing that's bugging them? What is the thing that they want to solve? What do they need? What's their frustration? What do they want changed in their life? How do they want to transform? And what will motivate them to take action to purchase, engage in whatever it is that you are building your credibility in, right? So you're building your credibility in being a business consultant. So what motivates them to engage a business consultant? And so understanding your who, who they are from their demographic, as well as their emotional underpinnings of frustrations or needs, 
is one of the things that you want to figure out when you're thinking about your who. And that also leads to where they hang out. So where do these people hang out with their problems that they're looking to solve? The big question here that I get asked a lot is how do you find this stuff out, right? So how do you find out about who your who is? And one thing to do is you ask them. So you may know a bit about your ex-clients, but it's sometimes good to go back and ask them. So say, what was it that led you to me? What was it that you saw or heard that I delivered that made you want to engage me? What was the problem or frustration that you had that led you to finally make that decision to send me an email? So using what you have initially, your immediate clients, and you can also ask your colleagues because they understand you and what you offer really well, how they would articulate the problem and the frustration and the who that you are, you're trying to get. You can also do surveys. So you can do qualitative surveys where you're actually doing informational interviews or qualitative interviews with people who you think are you're going to be your targets. You can find out more about them and what motivates them. You can also do quantitative research, which are things like, you know, uh, SurveyMonkey and Google Forms and email surveys, where you're actually asking people a series of questions to get a whole lot of data from them about who they are and why they follow you or what their problems are, et cetera, et cetera. One really a great uh, resource for this is a site called SparkToro, S-P-A-R-K-T-O-R-O, SparkToro. And it is a user research site where you can find out a whole lot of information about a particular demographic that you're thinking about. And there are free and paid levels, but it's a really, really interesting site. And I'm not being compensated for promoting them at all. I just know that it's a great site and I've used it where you can look at a particular who and you can find out like what magazines they read, what websites they follow, like what social platforms they're on, what groups they belong on those social platforms. Like it's really, really deep and you can find out a whole lot through this particular SaaS user research website. And then you can also provide incentives to people because user research people, a lot of times you have to provide an incentive. You have to pay people or offer them something for free of value. Uh, in order to participate in some sort of survey or an interview or whatever. So you want to find out as much information about your who as you possibly can. This is just a little snapshot into something about my who and where they hang out and who they are depends on the platform, right? So on YouTube here, this is true demographics about my YouTube subscribership. My YouTube subscribers are predominantly male. They're kind of split, but it's predominantly male. and they, the majority, the vast majority of them are from 18 to 34 years old. That's my YouTube audience. But then my email audience, which is the pie chart on the right-hand side, are predominantly 34 to 5 plus, right? So the people who consume my content on email and are looking for value from me on email are a different age demographic than the people who are on YouTube. So platform a lot of times plays into how people are choosing to consume their content because there are content consumption preferences from people. And sometimes those are driven by profession. Sometimes they're driven by age. Sometimes they're driven by interest. But the idea is that you want to dig into who your who is and then how they choose to consume content or engage with you. What's, where are they? Where, how are they hanging out? Where are they hanging out? So what's your story? 
So part of credibility is divulging who you are. So why should people believe, as I said before, believe you can do what you say you can do? What are, their, what are the reasons to believe in you? Why should they believe you? So you have to be able to tell a bit of a story and display your credentials. People who are creative professionals do this through their, uh, their case studies a lot of the time, but you can also do it through your content, podcast, YouTube, written blogs, anything, any place where you become visible and seen. How are you telling your story? You want to tell your story about your background, your history. It could, you can divulge things that are you know personal to an extent the jobs you've had, the clients you've had, the case studies that you've done, you have to establish and be able to tell a little bit of history about yourself and how you tell that story. One thing about that that's really important is your transformation, your transformation story. So I tell a transformation story about myself when I was, I came out of corporate out of 20 plus years working for the man. And then I went out on my own. It was a big shift for me. And I knew nothing about building a personal brand or social media or content marketing or any of that stuff. And I went through a massive transformation in that period of time. And I use my credentials around having gone through that and my knowledge of having gone through that. And I share it with you guys. And I'm very transparent about those struggles, about how when I left my last corporate gig, I like totally burned out. Like I had lost 20 pounds and I was stressing out and I was on antidepressants and seeing a psychiatrist. And it took me two years to recover from that. It was like a massive, massive burnout that I had at the tail end of my working for the man, which was one of the reasons why I decided not to work for the man anymore. So, and I'm very transparent about that. I've told that story in detail on like 20 podcasts, right? Not mine, other people's. <laughs> so. That transformation is part of my story. And it's also part of my credibility in and building my authority and that I can deliver what I say I can deliver because I've lived it. And many times that's the most sticky story. That's the mo- one that holds the most credibility is a personal story that is based in some sort of transformation of yourself. And then where do you tell that story? You can tell on social media, on your website, on blogs, networking events, just person to person. You want to figure out what that story is, what your transformation is, how are you going to tell it, and where are you going to tell it. The next thing is that you really want to be human, right? So you can share personal facts in moderation to an extent. You know, family, pet, trips, personal interests, etc. You can share your day-to-day. People, you know, people love seeing behind the scenes how things are built, that messy middle that I like to call it, the real authenticity, what's behind the scenes. You want to be as honest and authentic as possible. People bristle at perfection, like too much polish people don't believe. You build trust by showing vulnerability and authenticity. And I'm going to speak from experience here too. This is the hardest thing to do for anyone who is building authority or credibility or becoming visible online is sharing the not so perfect, sharing the in progress, sharing the messy, sharing the fails, right? the true behind the scenes stuff about what goes into it. It's the hardest thing to do. And it gets harder and harder as you go through your career and build a level of authority and credibility because you want to come across as perfect to an extent, but then you don't because you want to be real. It's an arm wrestling thing. And that's why I'm sharing it with you because it's one of the hardest things to do when you're building your authority. Because people really want to do, this is a great quote, People want to do business with people, not brands. 
And that is so true. Like you want to be human. I was talking to a client today. I was talking to a consulting client today on Zoom. And I was sharing with her how I, my recommendations for her updating her website. And she's in a people to people sort of business and a training sort of business. So her website is very sterile. And so there's no humanity or warmth to it. And I was really recommending that she put a picture of herself and her product on the very front page banner of her website to establish a human connection right off the bat. And she pushed back on that and she may not be ready for it right now, but that's the point. When people are looking to do business with a consultant or a coach, they want to know the person that they're working with and you have to make that personal connection. So being human is a key part of that. And then you want to find your voice. Finding your voice is a big one. And this is kind of, you need to stand for something. This is something that in the world of ChatGPT, this is something that's going to be more and more important, which is you have to have an opinion. You have to care about something enough to take a stand on it. If you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. And ChatGPT and all the bots out there will always take the middle road and they will not take a stand on things. And unless you, instruct them to, and then you don't know what's going to come out. But you really have to develop an opinion and you have to care. An easy way to start on this, an easy way to start and kind of tiptoe into having a public opinion on things is to share curated content and comment on it. Comment on the news, comment on trends, comment on a cool article that you had in Forbes. Best practices, methods in your industry, processes, do reviews, And put yourself out there and be honest about what you thought about it. It doesn't always have to be all happy, crappy, like, wow, what a great article, right? It could be this article was okay, but it totally missed this point. Or I completely disagree with this aspect of it. A lot of times, contrarian points of view will generate more conversation and engagement than things that are just like too perfect. So Next thing you want to think about is your tone of voice. So how do you come across? Are you serious? Are you funny? Are you technical? Are you cold? Are you kind? Are you crunchy granola? Are you brash? You know, do you swear a lot like Gary V? You know, what's your tone of voice? And then how do you niche down in that? How do you niche down in your tone of voice? I have this friend of mine, Chris Darafeeve. He has a company called Flyride. And Flyride is a custom street performance car lighting company. And when he and he kills it on social media, he's a super nice guy and very talented, but he is in a very niche business. He's not into like just performance street cars. He's like custom lighting for performance street cars. It's a very niche kind of business, but he speaks to it with such authority and credibility. And he has definite opinions about that world, right? And so thinking about that, it's easier to have an opinion the narrower the band is that you choose to kind of focus on. So developing a point of view when you're looking at the world as a whole is kind of hard. It's hard to develop a point of view on like everything, right? So think about the niche of what you care about, what you're good at, what you know, your, the point of your spear. And develop an opinion on that and play around with that. Okay, now let's get into visibility. All right, so visibility. First thing is you want to design your brand, your entire brand. 
Now, you guys have probably, you know, one of my more popular videos is nine design elements your brand absolutely positively needs. Here's the rundown. Logo. You got to have a logo, primary, possibly an icon, definitely a word mark. Uh, you have to decide on fonts. So your primary font, secondary font, copy fonts, etc. You want to develop a color palette. Color palette is very important for developing a personal brand and a level of consistency in your content and how you show up. A pattern or a texture. There are companies like Chanel or Louis Vuitton or Apple who use brushed metal, who use pattern and texture to great effect. It happens a lot in the fashion industry and not so much in, in branding or creative, which is a missed opportunity, I think, for a lot of people. So think about pattern and texture in terms of your content or your brand visual uh, portfolio, right, for what you use. Photography style or animation style, illustration style could be icons, right? You can also think about sound. So I have this funky outro music. I use my funky outro music when I'm closing out my live streams, right? People who watch me a lot probably know the funky outro music, right? You can use sound, increasingly important in the world of podcasts and video, of course. Layout style, that's another one. And then there's also personal style. So how you dress. You know, I'm kind of known for the green glasses and up until recently, the mustache, which is on its way back, as you can tell. And so those develop that brand guidelines for yourself. Now, when I said design your entire brand, you also have to think about your channel art. So your LinkedIn profile, your LinkedIn banner, the backgrounds of your avatar photos, the style of your avatar photos. All of the design and color palette and fonts that you use on your content, on your YouTube thumbnails, on your podcast thumbnails, on your blog banners or imagery you use in your blog posts, on your website, obviously, on print collateral, business cards, merch, t-shirts, accessories, right? You want to consider all of that as you are designing your brand. And the danger is, here's the danger, here's the watch out. The danger is, is that if you don't do it, you are going to get out there and start designing things and posting things, and you're going to make choices on the fly for a long period of time. And then suddenly you're going to look at the history of what you've done, and it's going to look like a rat's nest. Every time you post something that's not within your key brand look and feel, you are sacrificing brand equity. So the equity that you build in yourself and your own credibility and your authority. So it's and this, I tell this to my clients all the time, right? Especially people who are developing personal brands or who are entrepreneurs who are just starting off is like, stop, take a breath and develop your brand guidelines and your entire portfolio of visual branding elements. Because if you don't, everything you do until you do is wasted effort because you're going to be sacrificing brand equity until there's a level of decision and consistency in what you do. And you guys can Come back to this video later and write down what I just said and use that with your clients because that is one of the most convincing arguments for pitching to clients to do brand identity work. All right, so that's designing your brand. Now we have to talk about getting a platform. So invisibility, you have to show up. So you have to become visible. Where do you show up? Show up on X. I hate even saying that. Twitter. 
Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, Medium, like uh, threads. It just goes on and on, right? But the thing you have to remember about platforms when you start deciding to show up on a platform is that platforms aren't your platform. Platforms are someone else's platform. You don't own them. It is rented land. They could go away tomorrow. Ask people who built entire businesses on Vine when Vine went away. Their multi-million dollar businesses went poof because the platform that they did not own is where they had built all of their equity. And so be careful about building all your equity on a particular platform because that platform can go away. Yeah, Google's getting broken up right now with the antitrust suit. So don't build your brand on completely borrowed land. Yes, we have to. I'm building it here on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, right? But I'm diversifying. And the other thing you want to make sure that you're doing is you're building some of it on your own land. There's only two pieces of digital land that you have. One is your website and one is your email list. And that is it. And so I recommend anybody who's developing any kind of authority or wanting to get clients is you got to have a little bit of that real estate that's yours. Okay. So if you don't have an email list, I have all sorts of content about how to start doing that. And if you don't have a website, and I'm not talking about Behance, I'm not talking about portfolio on a portfolio site. I'm talking about a website that you own, that you can put content on, writing on, video on, audio on, whatever you grow into, you can house it there. And then After you choose a platform, if you're just starting off, the easy start, choose one platform and go deep on it for at least six months before you go anywhere else. Because the biggest mistake that most people make, my clients, people I coach, is they try to be too many places at the same time. And they end up being very thin in a whole lot of different places, which makes it very difficult to establish consistency and visibility when you try and be in too many places. So pick one place. Be there for at least six or eight months before you try to diversify or even repurpose your content somewhere else. Let's talk about value, providing value. So as you develop your content or your value, how you are becoming visible, whatever that is, you want to start off by thinking about like your purpose, your why, and also the themes of the content or whatever the value is that you're delivering in how that is solving your avatar, your customer avatar's problem. There's kind of two different ways of going about becoming visible. One is attraction. So that's done through content marketing, which builds authority, right? You're putting value out there. People are consuming it. You're getting visibility. You're building credibility and you are building authority. There's also promotion. Promotion is a way of also getting clients or activity or movement to you. That's in paid platforms, right? So advertising. Paid attention does not build authority because no one trusts paid attention. You are paying for promotion of yourself. It doesn't build authority. That's arguable. It can to an extent. If you show up so kind of blanketed across the airwaves and the digital waves that it's obvious that you're spending gazillion dollars doing advertising, people may surmise that you have a level of authority or credibility because you have the money to spend on that kind of thing. But when it really comes to building belief, only what you deliver, the value that you deliver and how you create transformations in people that will actually build that authority. And so you can provide, here's a whole laundry list of ways you can provide value. 
You can provide it through writing, so blogs and articles and newsletter. You can provide it through, oh, and here's an easy start. Here's an easy start to the writing piece. Even if you don't want to start like posting natively on, on a blog or on LinkedIn, do some guest posting. Find someone else who's got a platform and offer to do some guest posting for them. It means you only have to write one thing and it's already going out to an established platform. So that's an easy way to get started with that. There's videos, long form, short form. There's like 10 million formats of video now. There's audio, podcasts, just regular audio downloads. There's images, so Instagram images, infographics, Pinterest boards. There's content through speaking, so conferences, webinars, seminars, lives. There's self-publishing. It's so easy. You can write a 20-page book now and do self-publishing on Amazon and be selling it tomorrow, really, if you wanted to. And then there's also another easy way into it, into providing value, and that's curated content, where you're not even actually creating anything brand new. You are curating the valuable stuff that's out there, and you're serving it up to people and saying, this is important with your opinion, right? That is a level of value, and that is an easy way to tiptoe into it. Now, let's talk about creativity. Creativity is a muscle. You guys are creatives. For the most part, everyone here is probably creative, right? So creativity is a muscle, and I don't have to tell you this. You can't wait for inspiration, right? There's a lot of, you know, when I have clients who are entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized businesses, it's this is an easier argument or a more important argument to make with them, which is that you can't wait for inspiration. You have to create on demand. You, you have to look for tiny idea sparks, like an article you like or a video that inspires you or a movie or a world event or some news item. And you want to create what I call an idea well. I do it with a Google Sheet. Like I have a tab on my browser that's open all the time. And it is my content sheet. So whenever I come across something and it goes, oh, I should do a video on that, I pop it into my content sheet. And I have a content sheet that's of things that I'm going to do content on that's like 400 lines long. It's a habit. And I always add to it. When I do some content on the thing, I check it off and I'm already adding 10 more things to it. You have to create a process of creativity and inspiration that is basically a muscle. There's a great app for this, and I mentioned this before. I don't know if you guys use it. There's an app called Pocket, and it's a browser extension. It used to have an independent desktop app, which they just got rid of, which sucks. If anyone from Pocket is listening to, I'm pissed about that. Their desktop app was great, and their just SaaS online kind of interface is not as cool or robust, but it's a great app because it's a plug-in. Whenever you're on a page or on an article, you just click the little icon for Pocket and then you can tag it with whatever keywords you want and it saves it and then you can go back to it later. It's like super, super handy for finding and capturing, curating content without disrupting your flow. Okay, so Pocket, very cool app. Not getting paid for that either. That's just something I believe in. And then you want to start really acting. You got to start thinking like a journalist. The best inspiration in the world, you think of a newspaper journalist, right? Who's like the newspaper's coming out at 6 a.m. tomorrow and he's got a story he's got to fill. And the best inspiration is a deadline. You know this, right? When you're, the logo presentation is due the next day and you're still kind of scraping ideas. It's like deadlines are the best inspiration, right? This is a great challenge. I have a challenge for you guys. And I give this to some of my coaching clients. It's like, here's the two hour challenge. You have to write design, 
record, edit, finalize, and post something in two hours. Doesn't matter what it is, it can't be curated. It's got to be original. But it could be, it can be a thousand words long. It could be an hour video. It could be a five second short. You have to do it. You have to like come up with an idea, write it, execute it, edit it, post it in two hours. It's a great exercise to do to start building that creativity muscle. And then another piece of value is creating a strategy. And this is about consistency. It's about showing up. You have to develop, to a certain extent, a marketing plan and calendar for yourself. And this is critical. You want to decide where, what platform you're going to be on, what content you're going to be putting out there, when you're going to publish it, what the ROI or what are the analytics or metrics that you're going to be looking at to judge it after you post it. Is that comments? Is it traffic? Is it sales? Is it contact forms that get filled out that you're going to judge the success of that piece on? And then you want to adjust your tactics, your topics, the content types that you put out, the platforms you put it out on. You want to look at that like it's a job, like consistency around developing your content and becoming visible and putting out value into the world. Building your credibility, becoming visible, putting it out there in the world, establishing your putting out that value, building to authority. You have to think about it just like it's a marketing campaign, but it's a marketing campaign that never ends. Okay. So think about it in terms of that. There's this one little quote that I say all the time, which is mine, which I came up with like, I don't know, years and years ago feed out of mind. And it is so true. In the old days, gray hair, right? I've been around since the old days. In the old days, it took like five brand impressions before people actually registered an understanding or belief in a brand. So it was like TV, radio, outdoor, you know, product on a shelf. But now in the digital world and how everything is, we're hit with 10 zillion brands impressions a day. It's more like 36. That's the number that I've heard and come up with is that it takes 36 brand impressions before people even start registering you. So with that much, you know, kind of that many brand exposures that are coming into somebody, consistency and visual branding is super important. And then consistency in how and where you are showing up and in what cadence is also super important because you have to establish so many brand, you know, kind of brand exposures numbers of exposures to people to even register on people's radar. So that's why all this stuff is important. And that's why establishing a calendar for it and treating it like a job is also really important. Then you have to hit publish. And this is the hardest part. This is actually where 95% of people fail. It is the hardest part. The first post is the hardest part. It's like when you do content marketing or when you do, when you try to build authority online, you're essentially I use this analogy of like, think about it like a concert, okay? You are essentially talking to an empty room. So when you go to a music concert, the people pay, you buy a ticket, you go in, a bunch of people gather in a room, the act comes on, plays, you clap, everyone's happy, you leave. Content marketing is the total opposite, right? Content marketing is you're the band, you come on stage, you start playing your heart out, you're up there playing for 20 minutes to a half an hour before like one person comes in. And then a few more people come in and a few more people come in and you're just playing and you're playing, you're playing. And suddenly, you know, they clap and they get on their cell phone, they call some other people in 
and then you have a whole audience, you're still playing, and then you leave, and then maybe they pay you. <laughs> so it, you're playing to an empty room for a long period of time. And this is the good and the bad of it. The bad of it is that content marketing is a long game. The good of it is that when you start it, no one's watching. So you can make all the mistakes in the world and no one cares because there's no one in the room. So you just got to get out there and you have to start. You have to hit publish. And like I said, this is where if you can do that, if you can hit publish with something original and do it consistently, you are beating out 95% of the rest of the people who are out there who are trying to build authority because they can't bring themselves to do it. And then if you are also doing it with a level of humanity and a level of consistency and a level of um, transparency and vulnerability, that's like 10x at all because that's where you really get attention and that's where you really get visibility. And that's where people really trust you faster is when you do it at that level. Now, here's a couple things to remember. You got to remember, you have to have a CTA. You have to have a call to action on every single thing that you do. You have to have two things, contact information, URL, how to contact you, and then what you want them to do. Just like a website. When people come to a website, you have to tell them exactly what to do. Please click this button. Go to the button below, click this button, enter this URL, download this lead magnet. You have to be really specific about what action you want people to take. And it's the same thing with content. So if you publish a blog article and you're not publishing your portfolio link or, you know, check out my newsletter or something at the end, that's a missed opportunity. So make sure that you're including calls to action. The other thing you want to do, and this goes along with the visual branding part of it, to build authority is you want to make sure that you're branding it. Brand everything that you do. Introduce your, your fonts if you can. Your definitely your color palette. You want to create as much visual uh, glue to every piece of content or thing that you put out into the world that is going to help people remember you. Because people, you know this, you do it. People scroll, 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 just the speed of thumb scroll, right? Every one of those is a brand impression. But if you hit people with color and a font and a layout style and, you know, your smile and face, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to enable that thumb scroll. And even if uh, the thumb stop, and even if it doesn't enable the thumb stop, what it does is they get a brand impression of your color, your face, right? It's like you came across their feed. It's not out of feed, out of mind. Suddenly you were in their feed and you registered with them, right? In a millisecond, it can happen. So brand consistency, color consistency, visual branding is really um, one of those things that you really want to pay attention to because it's a pivotal key point in building credibility and visibility and authority ultimately. And then you want to make sure that you promote it. You promote the hell out of whatever it is that you are posting. You can cross-post, repurpose to other platforms. I'll get into that a little more in a second. And then you also want to ask people to share it. So this is a call to action thing. Like people won't share your post unless you ask them to share it. Tag a couple people. Say, I'd love it if you would just share this. I think it's really, it'd be valuable to your particular audience. And the next thing is, and I've touched on this about a million times through this presentation so far, is consistency. Consistency in visual branding in posting schedule, in platform, how you're showing up, how you're being visible, consistency in your, your own tone of voice, consistency in the themes and topics that you're touching on, consistency in the value that you're delivering, 
consistency in the target of all that value, your customer avatar, addressing their problem, their frustration. Mapping all this out, and this is the whole point of this presentation, I think you're probably getting this at this point, which is that you have to be kind of, you have to be very planful about building authority. It can't be haphazard. You have to kind of build these things step by step. And that's why I've walked through this in these four pillars ascending to authority, because these are all kind of key, you know, uh, milestones or key uh, uh, flagstones to that journey. And if you build them and address them and do it in a planful way, you can't help but build authority. Consistency in your platform, consistency in the quality of content that you're putting out there, consistency in your engagement, how much you're paying attention to how people are responding to what you're doing. Consistency builds also anticipation because when people, and this is part of the marketing calendar thing, when people see your stuff come across their threshold fairly regularly, over time, they eventually start to expect it. And then if they don't see it, there's a missed opportunity. And also what you're doing is you're building that level of anticipation in people, which is great. And then repurposing. Once you start kind of your creativity engine and you're putting value out into the world, however that is, whether it's video, audio, writing, goods and services, there are ways to repurpose that. So once you start building up a bit of a library, it could be 10 posts, right? There's ways to repurpose it. There's ways to get more mileage out of everything that you do. Now at the beginning, I want you guys to listen to this. At the beginning, don't sweat this part, right? Don't make it more complex for yourself. Just post some stuff, hit publish, right? Get out there, become visible. But then over time, you'll start to realize that, oh, there's this post that I did that was a, you know, a long text post. I could turn that into a carousel or I could turn that into a quote graphic, or I could turn that technical article that I did into an infographic that's ultimately super shareable, right? You, you will start to become cognizant of how you can repurpose what it is that you're doing. So you're getting more bang for every buck that you put out there. Video is always the best medium to use because you can take a video, you can chop it up, turn it into shorts, you can rip the audio, turn it into a podcast, you can take the transcript and you can turn it into an article. It just goes everywhere, right? Podcasts, it's like starting with the audio. Transcripts, blogs, articles. And then, you know, articles can be turned into listicles, can be turned into quote graphics, can be turned into infographics, et cetera. It just goes on down the line. And because, and I touched on this at the very beginning, is because people like to consume content in different ways. Some people like to listen. Some people like to watch their content. Some people like to just read it. Some people prefer mobile to desktop. Some people prefer desktop. So who is your who and what's their age demographic? And dig into like how you can discover what the format is for their consumption that they most prefer. And then we are finally, we've built to authority. So authorship leads to action. Building subscribers and followers are vanity metrics. I would rather have 10 or 100 diehard fans. That's better than 10,000 lukewarm lurkers. I would rather have diehard fans. So building authority is an ego play if you're just looking at numbers, right? What you really want to be looking at is 
how you are solving people's problems. Your content, your activity, the value you deliver has to be solving people's problems. Your CTA, your call to action, has to point to that solution, right? So you're establishing the themes, topics, value you're delivering, and then you're pointing to the solution with your calls to action. What is the result that you want? And authority is essentially authorship leading to action. And authorship is a loose term, right? It could be any kind of content or activity that is delivering value. It could be a speech, right? It could be written. It could be a video. It could be a podcast. It's any kind of authorship of becoming visible and putting value out into the world that leads to action. And this is the getting clients part. So it's like you're building this authority, this level of credibility, this level of visibility in order to drive people to contact you, to want to do business with you to believe and trust that you can deliver what you say you can deliver. So authorship is kind of the base. This is what you start with. And then over time, consistency, credibility, value, you're building a level of trust and recognition and brand equity that then will build to loyalty, the level of expectation, the level of anticipation of people having and getting that value from you which then ladders up to, it's like a reverse sales funnel. And then it ladders up to that action, the gold standard, where they're actually doing the thing that you're asking them to do. They're paying attention to their call to action. They are contacting you. They're filling out your contact form. They're asking for that free Zoom consultation, whatever it is. It's driving that action. It's getting that prospect, getting that client through the activity of building authority and credibility online. That's how it builds. That's the structure. And it doesn't end there. And this is a very important piece. And this is one of those pieces. And this is, if you guys are multitasking, I want you to come back. This is one of the really, really important pieces. And I have worked with global agencies who don't do this well. And almost every big agency I've ever worked for doesn't do this well, which is that when you create transformations, you have to document them. You have to create the case study. You have to post it on your website. You have to articulate and show and highlight the testimonials, the transformations through quotes, through videos, through case studies on your website. You have to display them and celebrate them prominently on your website, on your social media, inside your content, through creative stories about the transformations that you've done. Because here's the thing. What sells you and your services and your credibility more than anything else, more than any piece of content that you could ever put out, what will sell you and get you more business than anything else, it's testimonial quotes and videos and case studies. People will look at other people being successful that you helped delivering what you deliver, and that's what they'll believe. You could buy $10 million in advertising on Facebook. And it will do less than a great, honest testimonial video of someone who you helped. And this is, like I said, one of those things that huge agencies forget about. It's like they, you know, I was working for this great giant agency doing work for P&G and we did this amazing project for Tide. And it took us like a year and a half to put the case study on our website. It was crazy. It's like we did this amazing project and it's like, let's celebrate it and get it up. And one of the problems is that we are always running to the next thing. We're always like working on the next thing, going, you know, chasing the next. And sometimes you have to stop. Sometimes you have to stop and go, okay, what did I just do? What transformation did I just create? 
how can I go back to that client whose project I just closed and say, hey, can I get you on Zoom for just five minutes? I'd love to ask you just a few questions about the project we just did and ask if you can record it and ask if you might be able to use that content or even the testimonial as a quote on your website. 99% of the time they say yes. So do that. Make sure that you're stopping and, and creating that record of the transformations because that is the most powerful thing in building authority. Okay. And I wanted to really highlight this one for you guys because it's, a, it's an important one. And it's one of those things that when you're moving so fast and running to the next project, we forget to do, right? We forget, you know, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. It's like, I've got a couple case studies that I, projects I did six months ago that still aren't on my website. And it could be, I could be missing an opportunity because some person who wanted something very much like that could have looked at my portfolio and didn't see something that they completely resonated with. So it's like, just do it, put it on your calendar and then engage. Building authority is a two-way street. You want to make sure that you're engaging with people. You're answering comments. You're showing up. You're being human. You're showing your personality. You're showing that you really care. It doesn't end when you hit post. It's just the beginning. It's where the conversation starts. You have to deliver the value with no agenda. But then after you deliver the value, then you can start to bring in the agenda, right? Which is the call to action, which is the sell, which is the, you know, building that, that lead. You have to learn what they like and deliver it. And you have to adjust your content or whatever value it is that you're bringing to the table to where you're getting traction, where you're getting engagement and adjust from there. And building that engagement and having that contact and one-on-one with people and building that level of humanity and conversation is where word of mouth comes from. And word of mouth marketing, meaning the word of mouth of other people's experiences with you being shared with somebody else who hasn't worked with you yet, that is the gold standard and where so much new work will come. So you want to make sure that that engagement happens. And again, like I said earlier on, people trust people, not brands. And so when people see transformation stories, they believe them. When people hear word of mouth from someone who's worked with you, how great it was and what you delivered, they believe that. They could see 100 advertisements and they're not going to believe it. It builds the foundation of authority. Know, like, and trust. And finally is you want to hitch a ride. When you're just starting off, you can hitch a ride. This is one of the easy ways to get started is that there's something that you guys might have heard me talk about before. I call the content mafia, right? When I first started being aware of content marketing and what people were doing, you know, you always start, you find Pat Flynn first, right? And then you smart passive income, and that kind of leads you to John Lee Dumas. And then you're listening to Stu McLaren, and then Amy Porterfield, and then you move on to Brenda Burchard and Chris Ducker. And, you know, it's just like this incestuous group of people who are, have each other on each other's podcasts and they promote each other's stuff. And so what they are doing is they are leveraging the audiences of others. So I call that the content mafia. It's like the La Familia. And so when you're just starting off, leveraging the audience of others is great and you should do it as often as you possibly can. So that's why having a platform of your own, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube channel, is really helpful. Because if you have a platform to offer other people, for them to show up and be exposed to your audience that you're building, then they will reciprocate. 
And so you will then show up to their audience. And it's a way to build authority, credibility from associating yourself with other people, other people who have credibility and authority, and that rubs off on you. And it's leveraging the audience of others. So you're hitching a ride on their success and credibility and authority in building your own. And then, of course, you have to return that favor. And that's how the content mafia works. <laughs> so, anyway, so just a quick review establishing credibility, establishing and increasing visibility, delivering value, and then that ultimately builds authority. You know, documenting transformations are proof of credibility. And building that following is proof of authority. So I hope that was really helpful to you guys. That's kind of the end of the key aspect of it. One of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit, though, here is that here's a quick little quote. There's this great book by Eckhart Tolle. It's called The Power of Now. If you haven't read it, you should definitely read it. It's one of the books that has been incredibly, it's not even a business book. It's like a mindset book. It's very, very powerful. And there's a quote in it that says, when a log that's only just started to burn is placed next to one that is burning fiercely, after a while, when they're separated again, the first log will be burning with a much greater intensity. After all, it's the same fire. And that is really, really an amazing quote because that is the perfect personification of what a mastermind membership offers. If there is a log that's on fire, or a couple logs that's on fire, and then you put a couple logs that aren't on fire next to it, those logs that aren't on fire can't help but catch fire. And that's why I called my mastermind community that I'm launching Bonfire. Because, and this brand identity works exactly that way, which is like the log that's on fire and it's catching the ones on fire next to it. And that is what this is about. It's about building community and by proximity, with people who are serious about building their businesses, you can't help but grow faster, learn faster, and succeed faster. When you're surrounded by people who are on fire, you cannot help but catch fire too. And again, this is what I did when I left corporate and I went out on my own. I joined a membership mastermind community. And I learned at a rate that I never would, I said this at the beginning, like seven years ago when I was in it, I learned at a rate that I never would have been able to accomplish if I was just on my own. Like I never would have been able to. And this moved me forward so fast. And so that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I've run a series of tight 10-person masterminds called the Brand Design Masters Guild a couple of years ago, where it was a 12-week program and there were just 10 people in the groups. And I ran four different iterations of these and they were super successful. And one of the things that people said when they came out of that mastermind experience is that they didn't want it to end. So when I finished up that series, I was like, I'm going to start a mastermind community, a membership that doesn't have to end. And that's why I'm launching Bonfire. Bonfire is a mastermind community for established creative professionals who are serious about improving, growing, whether they're in the middle of a pivot or a middle career growth spurt or some sort of job change, or whether you're looking to get promoted to the next level, or whether you're looking to work with bigger clients, or whether you're looking to get into content marketing or start a YouTube channel or start a podcast, this is the sort of thing that's going to be going on there. It's going to be 
establish creative pros, networking, building meaningful, deep relationships with each other, and helping each other grow. And inside Bonfire, there's going to be kind of live coaching. So group coaching from me, there's going to be two times a month Zoom calls. There's a private community on the Circle platform, which is completely gated to just people who are in Bonfire. And there's going to be almost no rules in that community. So it's not like a Facebook group where you have to like get your post approved and, you know, there's all these gates. And then the Fire Milestones is actually a success map that I've built and populated with a tremendous amount of content that is full of tools and playlists and checklists and worksheets that will help you get to where you want to get faster. I'm going to bring in periodic expert speakers. There's going to be business challenges, uh, making Brand Strategy 101 available at a steep discount and at various levels, it may actually be free. And then you're also accountability partners. The fire milestones have four kind of key stages from the beginning foundations of your business through to this level of massive authority and expertise. And it's very clear how I've laid out the pieces of how to get there. And there is content and resources that go along with each of these stages. And so that's kind of the underpinning foundation of this group that we can follow and access as you need to. There's almost 70 pieces of resources and content that are downloadable and available within Bonfire right now. And that's only going to grow. This is just at the launch. This is what it's starting with. So if you want to learn more, I suggest you go to philipvandusen.com slash bonfire. And there is a page there with a couple of videos for me and much more description about the things that I just kind of glossed over at the top and get in there and register your interest now. It's going to be really, really incredible. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it shows the levels and the pricing and all that sort of stuff. And this is a proven concept. It's not like some experiment. It's like, I have proved this concept. And also I've been on the receiving end of how successful this has been. And there are over 40 people who are in the other brand design masters guilds whose businesses and lives and meaningful networks have been absolutely transformed by this experience. And so this is what this is going to be. So I really encourage you guys to go check this out. So from what I shared with you in this live stream, you can tell that I'm super passionate about the power of mastermind communities. And that's because Participating in masterminds helped me break through to a whole new level of professional accomplishment at a really critical, pivotal time in my career. And masterminds also helped me build deep, meaningful network relationships and gave me the motivation and the accountability to build the personal brand and the business that I have today. So I really want to share that power with you too. So if you're interested in finding out more about it, just go to philipvandusen.com slash bonfire and sign up to get alerted for when we go live. Again, it's philipvandusen.com slash bonfire, B-O-N-F-I-R-E. And I hope to see you beside the bonfire. If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.